Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. What's going on? My name is Michael Jimenez, your host from 12 to 2. Here at halftime, we talk sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. It's Tuesday, which means it's Tuesdays with Teague. Carolina Teague in the house today. What's going on, CT? What? What? What's going on? Mike. I'm excited because we get to talk about conversations and, and topics that we would never normally talk about here at halftime when Carolina is here. For example, at 1245, we'll be talking about the Tinder swindler and bad dates. Perfect. History of bad dates, dating apps and things like that. Obviously, it's a sports talk show. You know, we're going to be talking about uh, the Spurs last night, lost a heartbreaker to the Chicago Bulls. It was a close game, and we'll get into that. At 12.25, Emmett Smith. You know that interview he gave with San Antonio Sports Star is going national? It was on ESPN's Get Up this morning. Period. And I have a question here. Is it okay for an all-time great to criticize his or her own team? Oh, that's a good the question. The old team, right? Yeah. So we're going to get into that as well. But, man, we have a really big show today. I'm excited because Carolina Teague is here with me. Now, last night, the Spurs lost to the Chicago Bulls 120-109. to Doesn't sound like it was close, but to be honest with you, it was. The Spurs were within two points with 2.30 to go last night. But, man, DeMar DeRozan went off. Had a monster game last night. 40 points on 16 of 24 shooting. DeMar DeRozan, who was getting chance last night of MVP, As MVP, should. and he should. Because right now, CT, would you believe it if I told you that in my eyes, DeMar DeRozan's now top three in the MVP race? I think he should win the MVP. Him and Joker is between the both of them. So um, it doesn't surprise me. He's been scoring, I mean, how many games is it now? Five in a row where he's 35 and up? Uh, five in a row. Uh, actually, it's been six in a row, six 35 in a row and now. up. Okay. Seven in a row, 30 and up. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, the last seven games, 40 points, 38, 35, 36, 38, 45, and 31. An average of 36 points per game the last seven games. Wow. He's now averaging 28 points a game for the season. The dude is on fire. Period. Again, it's different than when he was with the Spurs, okay? Uh, Because it's all about how you fit within a system, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And when I think about fitting within a system, I think about... Derek White. Right. I like Derek White as a player. He's a decent player. Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like what? That you like him sometimes. But no, we're not I, ready to have that conversation. Oh, we're still talking about DeMar. Well, well, we'll be talking about DeMar. But the point I was trying <laughs> to say with, with Derek White, though, is that you can like him as a player and think that he'll be good for certain teams. But it doesn't mean that he's good for every team. 
Correct. Okay, and that's my thing with with Derek White. But I, I mentioned this because you know we've seen Demar Derozan flourish elsewhere. There's no way in the world he would have done that here in San Antonio because we did not have the roster needed for him to have those types of games over here. He was asked to do too much mm-hmm. over here. Now, don't get me wrong. He's getting 20, 24 shots a game over there. Right. But that lineup over there with Vucevic down low, uh, Kobe White doing his thing, it, it just kind of goes towards his strengths is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And and he did play incredible last night. 19 of his points were in the fourth quarter. So he just went off. He's a mid-range assassin. That's him. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan. Great, great job. I think the silent sleeper last night for the Bulls was Kobe White. I mean, we can always expect Vucevic to you know create shots and play well offensively uh, but Kobe White was a silent sleeper yesterday and, and and it is what it is you can play really good defense I mean I think the Spurs played great defense they were even double double teaming DeMar DeRozan at some point but when you are the mid-range assassin like DeMar DeRozan and you are potential candidate for MVP it's going to be really hard to stop somebody like that and then you have the result that you have last night I think the Spurs played great last night they were moving the ball yeah. in a way that I hadn't seen in a long, long time. And they were paced last night by Lonnie Walker. Yep. So we're going to get into that in about five minutes or so. Lonnie Walker, do we need to revisit him? Is it possible that maybe we were wrong? That maybe we should consider re-signing him in the offseason? Because I left him for dead a couple of weeks ago. But since the Derek White trade... He seems to be a different player. He seems to be moving the ball differently. He seems to have a different role, and he's thriving in that role. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into that in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, we're live on Facebook and YouTube right now. Search San Antonio Sports Star. Like and subscribe. You can check us out. Leave a comment or two. At around 1.30, we'll give out uh, a prize, if you will. Uh, Not a a prize, but an add-a-boy or an add-a-girl to what we think is the best comment of the day. Kilbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. If you want to talk about Lonnie Walker, DeMar DeRozan, the Spurs, this is your segment to do it. Again, 656 ESPN. We're also on Twitter. I'm at Mike ESPN SA. Carolina's at Carolina Teague underscore. James Pledger's producing the show. He is at I am Pledger. We're going to have a good time and a good show today. Again, Kilbasa Bacon phone lines open 656 ESPN. But last night, yesterday, was Valentine's Day. Yes, you it know, was. And it means different things for guys as it is to girls. Definitely. But last night, how was your Valentine's Day? It was really good. Actually, my man, he took me out to Bob's Chop and Steakhouse over there at the Rim. First time ever going there. Never, ever been to Bob's in my entire life. But I, keep, I saw the picture of their gigantic brownie, and I really wanted to try it. Nice. So I was like, you're taking me to Bob's. We went... It was super romantic, um, probably one of the best steakhouses I've ever been to in San Antonio, and I really enjoyed their cream corn. They had mac and cheese. I'm really picky about mac and cheese, Yeah. and I, every time I eat mac and cheese, I always want to taste some Lowry's in it. I don't know if you know what Lowry's is, the Lowry seasoning. Mm-hmm. I need to taste Lowry's in my mac and cheese. If I don't taste Lowry's, then I'm kind of picky about it, but it was still a good mac and cheese um, and um, really good steak, super yummy. Also, um, then one of my homies from back in the day, he texted me and he said, hey, I saw that you were at Bob's last night. And I was like, okay, cool. He was like, oh, I used to work there. I used to be a cook at Bob's. And I was like, no way. 
And he was like, you need to, the brownie is over. Oh, we never got to the brownie because we were so full. <laughs> that was the whole reason why we went. And then he said to me, you need to try the cheesecake at Bob's. Don't try the brownie. The brownie's overwhelming. Get the cheesecake. And then he said, try the cream spinach. So if you guys are watching or you guys are listening and you guys want to try Bob's, the cook is telling me himself, get the cream spinach and get the cheesecake and get the tomahawk steak. Very nice. Some insider information right there at Bob's. You know, uh, we also had a steakhouse last night. It was called Casa de Jimenez. Uh, last <laughs> night, I uh, made my wife a, uh, a sirloin steak with a stuffed baked potato. We had uh, green beans with that. I mean, it was a, a, a Caesar salad. Uh, I also had those jalapeno poppers as well, so I had yeah. that going. I uh, got my wife a, a dozen long stem roses earlier in the day. Awesome. So, you know, that was kind of how I celebrated uh, Valentine's Day last night. Uh, I didn't mind cooking last night. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get a little bit better at it. Um, I wish I could learn how to grill better or barbecue better. That's going to be my goal, goal this year. 2022 is the year for me to learn how to grill better or barbecue or smoke Whatever you call it. I don't even know the terminology, right. but we're going to get into that. But speaking of terminology, I heard the phrase Galentine's Day. Yes. And I was on Twitter yesterday, and I was going through, and I saw a photo of you with hashtag Galentine's Day, and I saw Jill Jelnick, a friend of the show, yes. who's, who was on the show with us a couple of weeks ago. Uh, first of all, what is Galentine's Day? What did you do? I thought you had to be single to celebrate this. That's one thing. Uh -huh. And how did Jill Jelnick get involved? <laughs> so, first of all, we decided to do Galentine's. You don't have to be single to do Galentine's, but usually it does go to single women. And we basically want to spoil each other. We want to give each other gifts, especially if you're single. You want to be exchanging gifts with your single friends because a man isn't going to you know, spoil us on Valentine's Day because we have no man. So that's essentially what Galentine's supposed to be. But now, over the years, it's evolved until you have all your girlfriends come together. And in our situation, we did a flower exchange. So we all bought each other a flower bouquet and gave each other roses and flowers because we like flowers. We like roses. Jill got involved. I have no clue because she was in. Our, we, there was five girls in our group text. Jill was not in the group text. Next thing you know, we get to the restaurant and our surprise was Jill. She found out about the situation and she popped up on us and she lives in Nashville, which is the coolest part. Yes. Jill Jelnick is a sportscaster with Fox 17 yes. in Nashville, Tennessee. She yeah. was on our show talking about the Titans when the Titans were still in the playoffs before they lost to the Bengals. Uh, you know, Jill Jelnick is, is very, very nice. But I saw that photo. I was like, Jill, she wasn't, she's in town. She's somebody that I've, you know, talked to on the radio, talked to on the phone. We text each other. We we tweet at each other. Never met her in person. What? I've never, You've met, never met her in met person. Jill in person? No. What? You and she's have fan to... she's fantastic, and I love her on Very. Yolo Yolo Texas as well. Hey, I need to get pleasure in on something real fast. So, Carolina's talking about Valentine's Day. I think on March fourteenth we should have Palentine's Day. What do you think about that pledge? Where we get the boys together. And we exchange something. Mm -mm. It could be cologne. We could exchange. March 14th is already a holiday. Oh, that's yes, right. Yes, it is. Okay, it okay. It is a holiday already. Okay, we'll, Can't we'll, do it. We'll, uh, okay, I'm yes. not taking that from the married men. I, I, I explained that. <laughs> I explained what that was, and I'm not going to get into it. Just Google it. We know today's Side Chick Day. Side Chick Day, yes. I, I understand that. National Side Chick from Day. From what I understand, you're supposed to give uh, old Halloween candy to your Side Chick because 
it says uh, you, it's for my boo because it says scary stuff on there, right? <laughs> but uh, okay, so we won't do March fourteenth, but maybe we'll do you know March seventh or something like that, where we get guys get together, exchange bourbons, you know, exchange uh, golf balls or something like that. But can, I'm I'm for I got to figure that one out. Can I tell you something? What's up? That sounds boring. But guys are boring. Yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. Like ours is fun. Like we drink wine. We top golf is gifts. fun. Top golf is fun. Yeah, but you guys, it has to be like a like you have to really start a wave. You have to get every guy in the nation to come together as a collective and have a guy Valentine's. I, you know what? I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna fig- to. I'm gonna figure this out. To. Hey, uh, speaking about figuring things out, has Lonnie Walker figured things out with the Spurs? Last week, Derek White was traded from the Spurs to the Boston Celtics, and Lonnie has looked good. Now, again, a few games ago against the Hawks, he barely played, so I'm not going to really hold that against him. Mm -hmm. But the last two games, 30 minutes and 26 minutes. Mm -hmm. He had 21 points on 9 of 17 shooting yesterday against the, the Bulls, and against the Pelicans, he had 17 points on 8 of 13 shooting. That's a combined 17 for 30. Okay, that's almost 60%. And the thing about it is, and I was talking to Rob Thompson from R&R in the morning earlier today, and I was like, "Did you do you notice that Lonnie Walker looks different when Derek is not out there? And it's not to say that he's never played out there without Derek, but he seems to kind of, when he was out there, he was basically playing with Derek at most times. Right. But Lonnie looked free yesterday. He looked like he could space out. They were giving him the, the, the ability to dribble in and out and drive in. It was almost like like they were forcing him to play like Doug McDermott, you know, where he's off the ball, going around screens, trying to set up and be a setup shooter and whatnot. Like they were forcing him to do that. Mm-hmm. But with Derek White not there, he was now able to handle the ball. He was the second person to touch the ball when DeJounte Murray didn't have it. And Lonnie looked good yesterday, man. He looked really he good. He did. He looked really good. So do you, do, is it just me? Am I just a prisoner of the moment? And, or, or is this something where it's like, oh, he's just an inconsistent player and he just happened to have two really good games? No, I think you, you might be onto something. I like the points that you brought up. Um, but I do think that you did move the goalpost a little bit because you said game one, you're going to omit that particular game. I, you, you, get, you can't. Why are we omitting it? Because it skews the stats because he didn't play. He played a couple of minutes. He played 13 minutes. Right, that's barely a quarter. Right, but I still think because he barely played, it should still count. He only made two points, and he made critical errors in that moment for where he was taken out. But I do believe for this, the past two games, he's been on fire, and I think he's been great coming off the bench. So you know, he, he I give you, I, I think you're right when you there's something to say where. His role and the t- type of shots that he's taking and his ball handling skills have been a little bit different now that Derek White is gone. But I don't think it's due to Derek White. Like I don't blame Derek White. I bl- I blame coach. No, no, more no, than no, anything. No, I don't. I it's not blaming Derek White. Okay, again, okay. the the thing about it is is that his skill set needs to be sliced and diced amongst two or three other players. Uh-huh. And we've seen that. We've seen Devin Vassell come up and assume the starting minutes. Now he had two Correct. good games. Uh, he had an off night last night. Devin Vassell was only five points on two of ten shooting, missed all four three point shots. Uh, but Vassell, you know, the prior two games was looking pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So you're did. gonna you can have an off night from time to time. Correct. But what I what I'm seeing here is that 
what Derek White was able to do maybe could not be done by one player within the Spurs roster, but it can be split up between two players and they could bring other things to the table. Mm -hmm. Devin Vassell has the ability to guard three different positions. Mm -hmm. You have Lonnie Walker out there who's able to penetrate and able to handle the ball. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about Lonnie Walker is that Lonnie Walker is not a player who normally handles the ball with the Spurs. But the past couple of games, we've been seeing him more and more handling it. And because of that, he's able to drive in. And he was very confident in finishing certain plays. And oh my God, if you saw... That dunk in the third quarter that he did, Mm -hmm. that tomahawk on that breakaway, I swear, CT, I think he let out three years worth of frustration on (laughs) one play. (laughs) I mean, mean, he's he's played really aggressive uh, the past few games. He looks more confident, too. But when the ball went through the hoop, though, and he came down, Mm -hmm. I kind of, I mean, just, he is is Mr. Bad Body Language. And (laughs) yesterday's body language was... I belong. Right. He's a free agent this year. It's not going to be much to keep him because he doesn't have that much value outside of, well, anywhere, actually. Uh-huh. He's considered to be a bench player. But CT, Spurs have, you know, $40 million or so in salary cap space this year. Spurs yeah. have three first-round draft picks. I mean, would you be a, a, a opposed to them throwing six to seven million a year at Lonnie Walker to see if we can keep him here for another one or two years? That sounds like a good figure, just depending on how he plays out for the rest of the season without Derek White. If he is like this, like the way he's been the past two days, and you don't see that inconsistency um, that we've seen throughout the whole season, I think that's a great figure for him coming off the bench. Yeah, he's making about four and a half million right now. So yeah, it would be a raise, a small if- increase. It, but they have for what they're going to have about forty million in cap space that they freed up. Depending or? on 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 certain holds that are there, I mean, mm-hmm. I think in a, in in the best of 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 ways, it could be that way. Mm-hmm. It's probably closer to the mid thirties. But right now, the Spurs are twenty two and thirty six. Right now, are two games outside the play in tournament. Okay, yes. two ga- It was one game, but Portland won last night. And they kind of stretched out to two games. So right now, you mentioned the phrase, uh, move the goalpost. Yes. Okay. That's my favorite, one of my favorite terms of all time. Yeah. you know, People it, love to move the goalpost. I'm not saying I'm using that for you, but I did. But And, and people like to call, accuse me of either A, flip-flopping or, or uh, just changing my mind on certain things. But Pledger gave me a break yesterday because... I have said for the longest time that I'm a fan of Team Tank. I want the Spurs to get the best, the best draft pick possible. Uh-huh. But everything changed the moment Derek White was traded, because suddenly I'm taking a look at the at the lineup, and if you had asked me when the season started, who would you want as a starting lineup? I would have wanted Dejounte at point. I would have wanted Devin Vassell at two, Keldon at three, McBuckets at four, and Pearl at five. I got what I asked for. You did. You did. And Thad Young, they flipped him for a first. Bryn Forbes, they kicked to the curb. Yep. Got some second I got a couple of second rounders for him. Uh-huh. And then you turn around and and you get uh, Derek White out and and you know because I didn't think that he fit. I don't think he complimented what DeJounte Murray does out there. It's not that he's a bad player, it's just a bad fit. CT, if you have two friends, one's a guy, one's a girl, both both, you know, you know, nice people, both attractive or unattractive or whatever, and you try to pair them together as a couple, doesn't mean it's going to fit. 
Right. They're just two good people. Exactly. That doesn't mean that there's chemistry. Right. right. And, and that's the thing. I never thought that chemistry existed offensively when it came to Derek White and DeJounte Murray. Defensively, it was there. Yeah. Offensively, I didn't think it was there. But taking a look at that, though, do you think that it's hypocritical for me to go, hey, man, if they get a good pop, good pick, great. If they make the play-in tournament, great, because that's where I'm at right now. No, I don't. Well, actually, yeah, it is hypocritical. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like now that I'm really thinking about it, it is hypocritical. If now all of a sudden, because we're talking about moving goalposts, well, technically, I don't know. I guess all these moves and all these trades that just happened, you can technically move the goalposts because now you have a new team to look at since you did from the beginning of the season. And now you can say whether you want them to make the playing tournament or not based off of the roster that's in front of you. However, you've been team tank. You've been a team tank turtle the whole entire time. All the way up into this point. So the people who don't really know this in-depth stuff, who don't listen to the show every day, who don't know all that stuff, they're going to think that you're a flip-flopper for sure. Oh, I Because get that. they don't listen to the show. I and they don't that. hear you explain the reasons why. But I do see how that type of person can see your hypocrisy because you've been Team Tank Turtle the whole time on Twitter, polls, all day long about how they tank, they should tank, and arguing even with me on Twitter about if they should tank. And then now, all of a sudden, you're like, maybe they can make the play-in tournament. No! You need to keep the same energy, Michael, that you've had all season long. Pledge is nodding no over there. Just because, because there was a roster change, he could make a, a decision. Okay. okay, so then if that's the case, then we could all make all little side adjustments. If the Chicago Bears are a playoff team, and you, they are Super Bowl caliber, uh -huh. and Justin Fields tears his ACL in Week 17, uh -huh. does that information change your status on what, them being a Super Bowl caliber team going forward? Yes, it does. Same principle. It's the same principle. Hold on. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is the same principle. So maybe when you dumb it down for me and talk to me like I'm five, <laughs> then yeah, I get it. But at the same time, you got to keep that same energy just a little bit. Okay, the Kilbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. Who's right? Who's wrong? Should should the Spurs tank? Should we really be looking forward to that? Am I a hypocrite for suddenly not caring whether they tank or not because things all, have changed. All I'm saying is that the you, li my lineup is out there. The, they're gonna the think, lineup that I wanted. They're going to think you're a hypocrite. There. I don't care. They're going to think you're a hypocrite. That's call all in, I'm trying to say. Call in Kobasa Bacon phone lines. Call me a hypocrite if you think so. 656-ESPN. And uh, we're going to be talking more about the Spurs in the 1 o'clock hour as well. But uh, I love Raleigh up Carolina Teague. Fantastic. They're going to think you're a hypocrite, Michael. Hey, you know what? Circumstances changed. And the lineup that I wanted back in October is now the lineup out there on the court. So I like what, what if, I see. What if you're lying to Primo, us? Primo getting minutes? What no, if no, 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 no. You're no. not lying to us? I, I, have, I have the tapes. I have four months worth of tapes where I'm saying, Receipts. get Bryn Forbes out of here. Get Derek White out of here. Yeah. Get Thad Young out of here. Get something for Thad. Get something for Bryn. Get something for, for Derek White. Get Primo out of Austin. Play him 20, 25 minutes. Get Lonnie Walker more involved. I've been asking for this the entire year, and now it's here. Oh my God, Brian! So Wright. did you manifest this whole thing? Brian, it sounds Wright. like it. GM Brian Wright might actually listen to this show. It sounds like it. He might actually exist because I can no longer diss that guy because 
he's doing what I asked, man. This is the team that I wanted, baby. And right now, last you night. Manifest, power manifestation. Last night, the New Orleans Pelicans beat the living crap out of the Toronto Raptors. And why do I care? It's because that draft pick that we got from the Raptors has moved up from the 19th spot to the 18th spot. It's all about draft capital, baby. Cheer <laughs> against the Raptors. Cheer against the Boston Celtics. But, man, halftime's here until 2 o'clock. Kilbasa Bacon phone lines are open. Don't be shy. 656 ESPN. And when we come back, we're going to be talking not only about the Spurs, if you want to talk about the Spurs, but Emmett Smith. He gave an interview to San Antonio Sports Star at Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 that has suddenly gone viral to the point where it was on ESPN's Get Up this morning. If you miss what he had to say, let's just say he's critical about a certain member of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, he walks the sidelines. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Giving you an excuse for a long lunch break. This is Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. On the go at sasportstar.com. It's Tuesday, Tuesdays with T. Hey, guys. You know. I got them triggered. First of all, they're triggered in the back. Oh, Pledger's yelling at me. He's screaming. Michael's screaming at me. They're, they're, <laughs> they're triggered. Pledger was laughing during the commercial break. And whenever I know that he's laughing, it's because someone's calling in. And usually, he has a tell. It's kind of like a poker tell, where if it's I see him on the phone getting somebody calling in, and if it's uh, someone, if 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 he's not really reacting too much, it's because they agree with me. But if someone does not agree with me, he starts laughing. Right. To be fair, I was laughing at the fact that Carolina said, "Oh, okay." When you break it down like that, like I'm a five year old, I get it. Because that's a good point. That's a good point. So, when you break things down to be like I'm five, sometimes we all need that. So for those of you who did not catch the first segment, by the way, I'm sorry, Carolina. Uh, we're talking about the fact that uh, I've been part of Team Tank, and I've wanted the Spurs to lose a lot of games in order for them to get a good draft pick. But I have changed my mind ever since they got rid of Bryn Forbes, uh, Thad Young, and most and most importantly, they got rid of Derek White, which I was very, very, very supportive of. And because of that, they're playing the players that I wanted out there from the beginning. So I'm excited about that. But Carolina... Yeah. You've been calling me a flip-flopper, a hypocrite I, this entire people are time. Gonna, I'm not calling you that. I'm just saying people are going to think you are a hypocrite. People are going to think you are a flip-flopper. And since we're talking about breaking things down like five-year-olds, pleasure, if I go to Starbucks and I order an ice mocha latte, and then when I get to the window, I decide to have a caramel frap, and I tell the waiter, hey, can I get a caramel frap instead? I changed my mind because this sounds like it's a better deal. <laughs> yeah, they're going to give me my caramel frap, but they're still going to be annoyed uh, that I changed my mind. I, You know what? We're going we're gonna <laughs> to leave this to the people out here. We have Mundo on line one. Dude, am I a hypocrite? No. <laughs> no, because the, the makeup of the team changed. Woo! Mundo, and, preach, baby. But. but the thing about it is, is I'm Team Tank, and I've been watching this person, Gervin <laughs> and Gilmore. And th this is the time to tank with the players that we had. They were not ready for the playoffs, and the experience wasn't there. So now you have these young kids, 
that need that experience. So let's get in the playoffs, even if they lose. Let's get in and get them some experience. And and, and you know what? Experience is what's going to count. You know, the draft picks, they've got, what, a, a top four protected mm-hmm. this year from somebody. So that's going to be a good pick. Hey, partner that up with the Spurs. And then get low, get into that if you get out of the top ten with your own pick. Hey, Mundo, so wait till you can put it together. Wait till we see Josh Richardson out there. That's a player that right. the Spurs got in in that right. trade with with uh, for uh, in that in with the trade with Derek White. Wait till he goes right. out there. This is a player that has averaged as as high as sixteen point six points per game. He did that with the was Heat. A lottery pick. Yeah. Langford was yeah. a lottery pick. Can, can and, I... he's been, and he's been hurt over the last three years. He's not played many games. Man, so and- you have two kids, you have two young guys there that if the, the Spurs staff can get healthy, you have no idea what you have on your hands considering then you have uh, some draft picks coming up. So you're still, you have no idea what you're getting at this time right now. And you still have two months in a regular season, not one, not one or two games. So you still have time to play with to get these guys whatever you're looking for as as, as an organization, you still have to find out what they have because they're not going to get it in the summer league because the summer league, there's nobody there for them to play against. Okay. They're just other rookies. Mundo, I got a question for you. Okay, sure. so so Mike's not a hypocrite, right, in your opinion. However, you are still Team Tank still, correct? Right now, no. No, okay, so no. you also no, changed your them- opinion. I want them to get now into the playoffs because of because of the young of the young players that they have that have not experienced the playoffs yet. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and as as you see, the teams that are winning that have won over the years have to go through the hardship cases of of the playoffs and lose in the first round, second round, and learn how to win. They haven't even learned how to win in, in the regular season yet. Derek, okay, so- you know, we're losing okay. games that we could have possibly won. But they don't know, and possibly with this new lineup and these new players, uh, that's where the the cohesiveness might come into play for these guys here at the end. Mundo, thank you so much for the phone call, and thank you for agreeing with me. On line two, we have former Rock the Mic champ. We got three Rock the Mic champs on one show. Quinn Hudson. What's going on, Quinn? Hi, Quinn. Hello, and I, you know what? I want to formally introduce myself, also a Judson graduate. Period. So much love. Rocket Pride cannot be denied. But let's, listen, Michael, I got this. Is you are absolutely flip flopping. You are absolutely <laughs> reversing course because I remember having this conversation with you, and I want the guy Mundo, whoever was on the call last, to hear this too. When I was saying. Two years ago in the bubble in Orlando, there were three young teams on the cusp of, of being a young, talented team. It was the Spurs, it was Memphis, and it was Phoenix. And since that time, you've watched, obviously, Phoenix ascend to being a, a power in the West. You see Memphis on, that, that are a legitimate playoff contending team, talented with the cohesiveness that, that is necessary because they stay true to it with their draft picks. And then you have the Spurs. And you and I, Michael, had this conversation, and I said, I believe the Spurs have on this roster to make the playoffs. And you said, these were your words, is that the goal? Is that the goal to just make the playoffs? I mean, we're the Spurs. Do you really just want to make the playoffs? And I said, yes, because this young, talented team, this is how you grow and build. And you wanted no part of it. You wanted to blow it all up and let them 
fail and tank and get a high draft pick. And we had this go around. Quinn and Hudson. Don't come with it now. All we did was add Josh Richardson, who hasn't been healthy since he joined the league. So there's no upside to that. Everybody else we lost in second-round draft picks. That roster was already here at the beginning of the year. And if you feel like they could have made the playoffs now, then that same talent was already here. Quinn Hudson, I want you to stay on the line for a little bit, right? Not only this story, but the next one. Get this up, is, Quinn! This is where you're wrong, okay? Because the Spurs got rid of half their team in the last week. The last month, they've got rid of half their team. You're talking to me about how I'm a flip-flopper when I was talking to you when Patty Mills was out there, when Derek White was out there, when Bryn Forbes and, and Drew Eubanks was getting a lot of minutes. This is not the same team. I was not hopeful and optimistic about that team, but I'm getting optimistic about this team. And if they don't do well this season, that's perfectly fine because guess what? This is the lineup that should have been there from the get-go, but it wasn't there for a reason. It's because of of stubbornness, I would say, from Pop. But now with the moving and shaking going on, I'm excited about this. And we'll talk more about the Spurs in the 1 o'clock hour because I love this topic. But, Quinn, stay on the line because I want your opinion on this next topic. We're talking Dallas Cowboys. I was at Radio Row with the fellas, with Rob and Rudy and Jason and, and Ryan Eagle. And we were out there, and Ryan Eagle and Minix interviewed Emmett Smith. And at the end of the interview last week, I thought we thought to ourselves, man, this is going to have legs. This is going to go viral because Emmett Smith, who doesn't really ever speak out against the Cowboys, kind of did. You know, reading between the lines, he was talking about leadership and accountability and things like that. And it sounded more and more like 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 he's upset with where the team is going. Pledge, you got that soundbite? Let's hear what Emmett Smith had to say at Radio Row last week. And, and what do you think about how this all went down? You tell me after all the things I just told you about this team. <laughs> Hell no. I shouldn't have to answer that question. I should not have to. That's my point. Yeah. That is my main point right there. Period. And, you know, when I think about Mike Tomlin and his team, mm -hmm. they're very disciplined and they are who they are. You don't have to second-guess that team because you know who they are. When I think about Jim Harbaugh and his team, not Jim, John. Mm -hmm. John Harbaugh and his team, very disciplined, and they focus. They are who they are. When I look at uh, our Cowboys, I'm looking for who we going to be. Are we going to stay the same or are we going to just take all of this talent and waste it over three or four or five-year time frame, assuming and expecting to do something great doing the same things over and over and over again doing the same things over and over and over again he also said that these players are not great they're not goats he went on to say and i found it fascinating so quinn hudson since you are the cowboy fan amongst cowboy fans who do you think this was aimed at this is a direct shot at mike mccarthy this is you know you watch the language uh, that Emmett Smith is speaking, even Michael Irvin, and even Moose Johnson. You notice the one thing they are not dismissing is the fact that the Cowboys have the talent. And so the the ancillary reasons that they're giving of, of their frustration of the Cowboys this past season falls on directly on the shoulders. You could put some on Kellen Moore because as you see in the, in the playoffs uh, and in the Super Bowl, you don't have to go beyond that. Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford was going to get the ball to his receiver. He was not going to let the scheme. He was not going to let the team. He was not going to 
he said it in an interview, he was going to get the ball to him. So when Kellen Moore can't do it, Mike McCarthy makes these decisions. If you're a Cowboy fan, you've, had, you've been frustrated all the way back to the Tampa Bay game with decision-making, fourth down when they shouldn't go, fourth downs when they should go, extra point, just everything goes wrong, and the team is not prepared. And for people to think they're going to run this back with the same coaching staff, Dan Quinn excluded from this conversation, to run it back knowing that these coaches, when they had all the ingredients to cook a good meal, didn't do it. <laughs> we need new cooks in the kitchen. We need new cooks in the kitchen. That is Quinn Hudson, former Rock the Mic champ. He's the host of the Fantasy Gods and Sunday Sports Grill. Quinn, thanks for being with us. You know, he called me a hypocrite. Right. But, right. But when it comes well, to the Dallas are, Cowboys. People are going to think you're a hypocrite. Well, you know, I don't care. Things change, man. Sis situations change. Steph. But the situation that's not changing in Dallas is that they're going to run it back with the same players. And they don't have three good receivers anymore. Gallup is a free agent. Gallup is also hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. Cedric Wilson is a free agent. So things are going to be changing a little bit in Dallas from a personnel standpoint. And I take a look at it. What Emmett Smith did right there. What Emmett Smith did right there was go after Mike McCarthy. Uh-huh. He didn't say his name, but we all knew what he was talking about. If you're talking about accountability and praising Jimmy Johnson and saying that it's not the same right now, then what you're doing is you're criticizing the coaching staff. Uh-huh. So I found that to be very, very interesting. And, you know, that was part of the uh, big game coverage, uh, you know, that we, that we had over there in uh, uh, at Radio Row. It was fantastic time out there, but uh, those interviews are on SA Sports Stars website as well. You can also go to our YouTube page and check them out. Uh, Texas Cheerlicker was one of the ones that helped us out there. Uh, Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Uh, Nearside App. Uh, thank you so much for sending us out there. Uh, but man, we have more to talk about on this show. We're going till 2 o'clock. It's Tuesdays with Teague. Yes. When we come back, we're going to talk about dating apps and the, twi- the, the Tinder Swindler which is on Netflix right now. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is Joe Reinagle. Jason Minix and I will get you caught up on the latest news, moves, and more this afternoon, 4 to 7, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. On the go at Sports We are live on Facebook and on YouTube. Search San Antonio Sports Star, like, and subscribe. Hey, a big thank you to AA Best Bail Bonds for sponsoring big game coverage out in L.A. They helped us get out there to Super Bowl 56 Radio Row. Again, all the videos, all the interviews from last week are on there. They're fantastic. They're not dated, man. These videos right here are conversations about life, conversations about the game, and it's uh, it's good times. But again, thank you again to AA Best Bail Bonds for sponsoring big game coverage. My name is Michael Jimenez. It's Tuesdays with Teague. And on Monday night, last night, you reached out to me. I'm assuming that you were on your Valentine's Day date. And you sent me a text message asking the question, hey, uh, have you seen the Tinder swindler? Yes. Like, damn straight I have (laughs) on Netflix. Why did you want to talk about this? Because I'm addicted to that show. If you guys watch Netflix and y'all have not seen the Tinder swindler, or you don't have Netflix, I highly recommend you download Netflix for one month and cancel your free trial <laughs> because you need to watch The Tinder Swindler. It is such a great movie. I watched it three times already. Now, okay, so basically The Tinder Swindler, and we don't want to give away the ending, okay? So let's not do that. Why not? B- because that's just bad form, okay? We, it, you can't tell people 
the ending of something, unless I'm doing a movie review on Wednesdays and the movie's 40 years old. This okay. has only been out for a couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, we could give, give the meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes okay. is Tinder, so the dating app, Swindler, some dude who steals from women that he beds right. and uh, steals from, right? And he's doing this worldwide, okay? And it's about the the attempts to go after him. And by the way, I just read a story on TMZ that this dude now wants to have a reality show based on him and wants to be have a dating show involving him. But it's basically these girls who are being robbed, if you will, yeah, uh, by these guys, and by this guy. And what do you think is going through these girls' heads when they are giving this guy tens of thousands of dollars at a time? Now, these aren't rich women. <clears throat> no. These are people They're just like you and less. me. Yeah, yeah, normal, yeah. I mean, what are they going through in in their heads to be doing this? Um, well, there's a term that we use in the Mexican culture that I don't want to say that term, but they're pretty much stupid because when you okay, basically, this man though he kind of manipulates them mentally to giving him the money. He their first date, he takes them on a private jet. Which first of all, I don't know about you. Michael, but I was taught to never go anywhere with strangers, especially on a first date. If a guy asked me to go on a private jet, the first thing that I think he's going to do is I think he's going to traffic me. Yeah. Because in our culture, we get trafficked more than anybody. So these particular people, they're from Norway. They don't really necessarily, I mean, they do have trafficking over there as well, but a, a, a red flag should go off when somebody asks you to go on a private jet. You barely know who they are. Now, before the show, Pledger was reaching out to me saying that he did not like the topic because he's like, well, this guy is a, is is a, is an idiot. You know, he's out there taking advantage of people, right? He, right. But he's I think... An idiot. I, he's just a bad person. Right. He's but, a bad but, person. But, he's but, a but, genius, but, technically. But, but this can actually be a public service announcement for those who are out there on dating apps right now to be careful right. because you do not know the person that you are talking to. I take a look at my wife. I met my wife online right now. I'm, I met my wife, my wife on match.com. Right. Okay. And on match.com, uh, she didn't know me, even though we had talked on the phone for a while, we had talked for a while. And when we want, went out on our first date, she did not want to go anywhere private. She says, I, I'm going to a football game, a high school football game. If you want to go, get a ticket, meet me out there. Okay. She was being very safe about it. But right now you see all these stories about people, um, you know, being trafficked or being, being mugged or whatever the case may be, because the world is crappy these days. Crazy people. So this guy is going out there. Pretending to be a billionaire son. Yeah. I tweeted out last night that. Oh, I, I blame Sex in the City for this. Yeah. Um, no. What do you mean? Who? Who? I blame social media for this. To be honest, over Sex in the City, I blame social media. He had this facade on social media that he was a billionaire son. This is how he trapped the women. He took them out on one fancy date, and he gave them everything they wanted on that fancy date. And then he, if you guys need to get the you know, the narrative down part, the part down. He, then he starts saying his enemies are attacking him. <laughs> and he tells these ladies, my enemies are attacking me. Give me a hundred grand so I can keep my lifestyle going because they're going to kill me if I don't, you know, do this. So they fall for it and they take out loans and they give this man, they've given him upwards of what, 250 grand. This is, this is interesting because 
You know, I the reason why I said that I I equate this to Sex and the City is because Mr. Big's character. You know, yes. we're not all gonna, you know, ladies, you're not all gonna fall in love with some billionaire or multi-millionaire. That's just not going to happen. Right. You know, and and it reminds me of like those schemes that go on with elderly people, you know, which uh, is sad. With, you know, you know, they they get preyed upon for you know, uh, for donations for for organizations that don't exist, or they get they get threatened for 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 their money or whatever the case may be, and it reminds me of elder abuse. But these are women who are educated; these are not dumb women. Right. But they 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 fell in dumb love. in love. They dumb in love. They're dumb in love, and and that's the thing. Like you're in love with this billionaire son, so you're willing to give him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so he can survive. As- that should be a red flag on its own. Why don't you ask your dad for some money? Why don't you ask your your mom for some money? Aren't these your parents? They're billionaires. Why can't you ask your mom and dad for two hundred fifty k? Why do you have to ask me? And and first of all, my credit will probably get declined because you know what I mean. Like so, I don't know how he picks these women, but uh, he did a great job, and it's essentially a Ponzi scheme. And oh yeah, he's, he's a swindler for real. He's a he's a he's a swindler. Yeah, and and he had to keep it going. Had to keep it going. And, keep, and, yeah. and it's just one of those things. Ponzi schemes e- eventually fall apart. For those of you who don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, that's when. Uh, you are robbing one person, pretending to pay them back because you've robbed somebody else and you've robbed somebody else and you've robbed somebody else, and you're paying people back with essentially stolen money. Okay? Thank and, you. It, and it's an ongoing, the, the spinning of the plates of all the people that you're deceiving and you're moving money around. <laughs> okay? Uh, Bernie Madoff was the one that was best known for a Ponzi scheme, which happened uh, years ago, uh, but that was in, you know, another different... topic no, for another, another topic. day. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure there's a Netflix special on him as well. <laughs> But uh, it, it's amazing. So uh, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is, again, red flags. Ladies. Red flags. Guys, guys could get taken advantage of, too. Because sometimes, true, you know, they're a four on a scale of one through ten, and they're meeting some girl who's an eight or a nine. And, you know, the red flag might be, why are they interested in you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I what be- does that mean? I believe that. Okay, have you ever seen that movie, uh, She's Out of My League? And they talk about that two-point separation. That if you're a five, you're not going to be wary. You're not going to get anybody above a seven. And if you're a three, you're not going to get anybody above a five. Oh. Stay within two points of yourself because if it's beyond two points, it's hard to keep that person happy because they have other options. Oh. That's what I'm saying there. I mean, is that true? I mean, because are you talking about looks wise? Looks wise, personality wise. Okay, it could every, be anything. Okay. You, everything. Okay, every, the okay. total score. And it's kind of hard to say that someone's a 10 and a five because it's all subjective. Yeah. Right. I mean, I some people might love my personality. Some people might hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might find someone attractive, and that same person, other person, might go, "No, don't don't see it that way." Uh-huh. It's all in the eyes of the beholder. But it's just it's a funny way of thinking about it. But again, it's called the Tinder Swindler. It is on Netflix. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a uh, TV show, like series Mu- of shows, but it was yeah. like it was almost like a documentary, about an hour and a half long. It's a must watch. You have to watch it so that way you don't get swindled. Exactly. And avoid Avo- red flags. flags out there. You know, trust your gut. Trust your gut. Yeah. 
I you mean, know, that's the thing. I bet you this guy was like hustling, like rented one private jet. Me and my man were talking about this. He probably rented one private jet, had multiple outfits and treated it like a photo shoot. And he would record videos to all the women <laughs> that he had. Then he would switch outfits and record all the things that he had to other women, too. And this is how his trap worked. And he it worked flawlessly. Again, trust your gut. It's there for a reason. And you who who else trusted his gut? Brian Wright when he traded Derek White. <laughs> when we come back, I just heard of a blog. I just read a blog right now where they're basically saying that the Spurs swindled them in the last trade. <laughs> We're going to break that down. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's our number two of halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com. My name's Michael Jimenez, your host from 12 to 2, sports, pop culture, nostalgia, and free gifts, apparently. Yes. Carolina Teague is here with me right now. It's Tuesdays with Teague, and uh, people are dropping off things for you at the station. James Pledger is having to run out to the front. Come back, deliver a gift, run up to the front, and deliver another gift. Because you have fans who know that you're here on Tuesday, and they're dropping off free stuff. Let me say this. I don't like to call my listeners fans. Because I feel like fans, to me, that means they're beneath me. I really love all the listeners that listen to the show. That means the world to me. So when they do things like this, like if you guys are looking at the live stream, they drop me off a custom hat. And then I got some Valentine's gifts, too. I just feel so grateful. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. No, the people driving around right now at Whataburger, they're listeners. The people dropping off free stuff, they're fans. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's call that what it is. No. Now, Pledger and I have a new Embroidered rule. hats, Embro- by the way. <laughs> An embroidered lids hat. You know, that's like a $40 hat in itself. You add the fact that it got embroidered. I mean, you know, here's the thing, though. You got a man. Yeah. How does your man take this? Um, he, no, like, we really think, uh, I don't th- like the word fans, like, listeners, that's how I take everybody. No, but no, but how does your your man oh. take the fact that you get free stuff from dudes dropping things off? You know, as long as it's not romantic, you know, and they're not trying to take me on a date or try to woo me in, which I don't think that's what they're trying to do. I think they're just trying to show me appreciation. He's completely fine with it. All right, just to let you know, I'm here Monday through Friday from about 11 <laughs> to 2. So if we have any listeners slash fans who want to drop off stuff over here, Pledger and I would actually like to have food, okay? And, and if you ask, well, what do you like to eat? Well, wherever you go, as my daughter says, just get the number one because that's the most popular thing, and that's what I want. I want the number one, but don't worry. I brought my own cheese. I'm good. But welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. You know, uh, the Super Bowl Sunday was fun. Yeah. The Rams took out the Bengals. I was a little upset about that. I was going for the Bengals because my daughter goes to LSU. I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I'm a Jamar Chase fan. But the great thing about the game was that it had nothing to do with the game itself. The best part of the game was when they were off the field and the (laughs) halftime show was on. Yeah, I'm still all about it. Yesterday on the show, I was going off on the show about how great it was. You know, Snoop and Dre and uh, an upside down 50 cent. Mary J, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, I was all about it. But CT, what did you think? 
I loved it. It was uh, it was so much fun watching the, the weekend was last year, and I thought it was decent. But he mostly got negative reviews for his his halftime show. This one here, this one knocked it out the park. Dr. Dre makes some of the best beats of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when still DRE, that's one of my favorite songs. When that beat dropped, I was like, oh, I fell to the ground. I was shaking. I was curled up, you know, because I was so excited that. He was performing still DRE. And then they had, I think it's called Tam's Burger was their setup. That's a burger joint on in South California. So only people from California it was an understood. Inside thing. Yeah, uh, it was an inside joke thing for, not joke, inside thing for people yeah. who were watching it. And then I thought Eminem was going to ruin the show because I feel like every time I listen to Eminem music, he's always a Debbie Downer. He's not like, like he's always talking about his mom. So I was like, <laughs> what is he going to be talking about on what performance is he going to have for the Super Bowl? But I thought the song that he picked, the mom spaghetti song, that was perfect. That was perfect for the Super Bowl. So I really enjoyed the performance. And uh, it was a great performance overall. And then Eminem took a knee, too. I thought that part was just part of him saying that his part was over. But it was a great performance overall. You know, it, it's funny because I go back and the Mary J. Blige thing, man, he, she slowed it down. And, oh, my God, why? Why have that song that makes everybody exit the dance floor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But maybe people are right that there should have been other songs out there because there's that handoff. There's that baton. You know, Dre introduced us to Snoop, right? Mm-hmm. And then Snoop and well, and then Dre introduced us later on to right. Eminem. Correct. Gin and Juice should have been part of that song. Yep. Mind on my money and my money on my <laughs> mind, right? I mean, that would have been great. And it would have been interesting if Dre did a song with Eminem forgot about Dre. But that's what I was hoping for too. Did that not, it didn't happen, right? No, it didn't. No, I I was waiting for that one too because that was like in their top three songs. And also too, uh, Shady Aftermath. So Dr. Dre, Eminem. So when I saw that 50 Cent wasn't performing and then I found out 50 Cent was performing, I was like, okay, this is a full-blown Aftermath special. So it was great. Now, if you remember, when they first revealed him, he was singing those lyrics to Forgot About Dre. Uh, by yeah. one oh. top, but nobody moves the mouse. It's oh, a bit yeah. gibberish. Uh-huh. But but it would have been great to to have have that whole interplay. Oh yeah, with yeah. Slim Shady type of thing. But going it on. was alluded to within it uh, during M's reveal out of the side of the stage. That's yeah. right. You're right. It did. He just like wrapped it a cappella, right, or something like that. Okay. And yeah. there was and there was no hologram for Tupac. How was there not a <laughs> Tupac? Poster, banner, hologram, yeah. something to honor Tupac, because yeah. that would have made it even more brilliant. You know, uh, earlier this morning, I'm going back and I started watching some of these old halftime shows. Uh-huh. Because, again, this was the one that spoke to me because it hit my age group, right? Uh-huh. I'm class of 95. Yeah. You know, this music came on. Dude, Carolina, uh, my family's from California. They're from Southern California. Uh-huh. It's not South Central, but it's more Southeast. Okay. And I was there a few years ago, and I was getting a haircut. Okay. And all of these songs were coming out, you know, Dre and all that. It was on the radio and the the young guys are cutting my hair. And I was like, man, I remember when this song came out, I was a junior in high school. Wow. I remember when this song came out, I was a freshman in college and these kids, I say kids, they're in their early, early to mid twenties. You know, they're, they're new to cutting hair. Right. They ran over to me and they go, man, I wish I was your age. I wish I was born when you were because yeah. these songs, to think that they had just been released and they were on the radio 
And 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 I goes, we have to listen to it twenty years later. But it came out when you were a teen, when you were a young adult, and it was so funny seeing these young guys just be all excited about the fact that I was forty years old. <laughs> Well, you it's know. cool to be like that. I mean, honestly, people think age, people think age is like a bad thing. I feel like age is like, should be graceful and we shall appreciate every era. And the, the era you were in is a great era because you had Biggie, you had Tupac, you guys had NWA, you guys had mm-hmm. all those people that were just set the tone for the rest of hip hop and rap. And the generation to move forward. And then you see them do the halftime show. Breaking history. It was incredible. And speaking of Pac. I know you brought up Pac. I literally said when they played Tupac's song. You know how incredible that would have been for Pac to be performing at the halftime Mm -hmm. show. Can you imagine Tupac performing? I was so sad. I'm so sad that he's no longer here. If Tupac was alive, he'd be an Oscar winner by now. For sure. The guy was brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to say this. I am now convinced that Tupac is dead. Because <laughs> it, come out. Like, I, I thought during California Love, there was like a 12% chance that like Pac was just going to pop up on stage. Yeah. I am now officially yeah. certain that this happened and he wasn't there, that he is dead. Yes, the Tupac Machiavelli thing. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You know, um, I was going back in time today and watching old halftime shows. Uh-huh. It was so interesting watching uh, some of the old ones out there. Like, the, I'd say old ones. The last 10 years, we've had some really good ones. Yeah. You know, Bruno Mars was really, really good. Right. Uh, Maroon 5 sucked. <laughs> Beyonce was fine. Uh-huh. Um, going back in time, I watched the whole JT Pr- Prince one. Eh, it was all right. Prince knocks everybody out the park. Yeah. And what's funny is that Prince sang Foo Fighters songs. He sang... Uh, uh, he sang a Foo Fighters song out there, and it was um, The Best of You is what he mm-hmm. sang, yeah. which was fantastic. But uh, going back in time, though, was so cool. But I think Lady Gaga's was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, she came lowered from the from the, the, the rafters and, and, and did her thing out there. It was amazing. But I wonder who it's going to be next year. It's in Super Bowls in Phoenix. We need a re-re one, but she's pregnant. I don't know if she have the ability to, to yeah, turn it around. That would be great. Um. But that that's the one that's missing. We haven't had a Rihanna one. We need a Rihanna one. And we also need... Actually, can I say one of my favorites is Paul McCartney. Do you remember Paul McCartney from back in the day? He was with the Beatles. Yeah. His performance was spectacular, too. I think there's a lot of Super Bowl performances. I, I, I'm, I have no clue who's performing next. I feel like all the great artists perform except for Rihanna. I want Cardi B to perform, too. What if there's a 90s grunge one of those that are they still alive? Okay, so there's not a lot of them left, right? So a right. Pearl Jam, a Smashing Pumpkins uh-huh. type of thing, that would be amazing. By the way, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. We're going to be talking about the Spurs coming up. So if you want to talk about the Spurs, Derek White trade, uh, the fact that I'm, I'm still basking in the glow that he's gone. Uh, we're going to be talking about the best Facebook and YouTube comments around 130, 135, around there. Uh, if you want to talk to us about pop culture or whatnot, we are here for it. So I am going... Oh, by the way, by the way Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN. You know, uh, whenever I, I read about the Spurs, uh-huh. you know, I go to Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. Uh, I go to The Athletic. Uh, Pounding the Rock is really good as well. And also I follow the things that we do here at San Antonio Sports Star. But uh, there is a website called Celticsblog.com, <laughs> and this is a, this is a few days old. 
Yeah. But it says, the, the headline oh. says, the Derek White trade is a disaster. Sorry, folks. Brad Stevens made his first major mistake as GM. And it goes on to say that the Spurs took advantage of the Celtics. That we robbed them. <laughs> so, well, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel as a as a as a Spurs fan seeing that these reporters in Boston think that the Spurs took advantage of that team? How does it make me feel? Yeah. Um it makes me feel like Derek White has continuously been disrespected throughout the media and this blog is no uh exception to that but it's not from us it's from their point of view he just barely got there like his flight didn't even land and he's already getting <laughs> skewered like he barely unpacked his bags and then this blog comes out saying it's a disaster and then look at him he comes off the bench he scored i think 14 the first game yeah uh then like i know he scored double digits both games yeah so against the celtics um fo- following his landing to the celtics coming off the bench so I don't necessarily think he's he's a starter for the Celtics yet. I mean, it, we have to see. That's to be determined. But he played well. And this fool here with this blog over here, you know, just had the worst thing to say about my man Derek. It's so funny because I think that Derek White would be a fantastic six-man for a contending team. I agree. And uh, it's interesting because uh, this uh, reporter here says, here are the facts. Josh Richardson is a better shooter than Derek White. And when he heard of the trade, he thought it was for Derek White for Josh Richardson. He goes, that upset me. And then he goes, but wait a minute. He later learned that Romeo Langford, who was in the lottery, drafted from the lottery a few years ago, that he was included as well. He was like, what are you talking about? On top of that, the 2022 first-round draft pick, he was pissed off for a straight-up Richardson for White trade. Mm -hmm. And when he heard everything else that was part of it, he goes, we got robbed. He goes, what is going on? We got robbed, yeah. but man, the Spurs—they—they—they uh, they, they did really well because Richardson's going to be a, a big part of this team potentially throughout the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Spurs bought out Goran Dragic today. Yeah, so kind of interesting. You know, he uh, got drafted by the Spurs way back when. Never played for the Spurs. Got bought. Got traded for again. Then gets bought out. It's never going to happen. He's never going to wear a Spurs uniform. <laughs> so enjoy the photoshopped ones that you see online right now. But man, I take a look at it and when it comes to the this whole trade and where the Spurs are going right now, I like where the Spurs are going right now. Lonnie Walker looking fantastic out there. Again, the Spurs lost to the Bulls last night. They were within 2 points with 2 and a half minutes to go. Spurs That's- were up by 5 at some point late in the third quarter. They were looking very, very good. But, you know, it just fell off. It just fell yeah. off. DeMar DeRozan just had a monster game and just blew up 40 points. Monster fourth quarter, 19 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He couldn't be stopped. There was he nobody to guard him. He could Unguardable. And even Doug McDermott said that post game. He said, DeMar DeRozan in that moment was unguardable. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy because, again, he is someone who plays the mid-range game, and he was just unguardable. But I, the, the highlight for me, though, of this game, the literal highlight was the tomahawk jam that Lonnie Walker did at the end of the third quarter. But I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking to myself, if Lonnie Walker finishes out the season strong, I might want him back. And I cannot believe that I'm saying that because for so long, 
and and I've been saying this, Caroline, for the longest time. I want Lonnie Walker to succeed. Me too. I've I, been saying that for the longest time too, and I've been going super hard for Lonnie Walker to be successful. But throughout the season, he has been inconsistent. But these past two games, which is only two games, he has been very good coming off the bench. But so, he has a different role, though. Right. And that's, that's the thing. The, they're, the, they're, the change we're talking about. They are giving him the ability to handle the ball and not have to come around screens. He's the secondary ball handler out there. Right. You know, the obviously the primary is going to be DeJounte, DeJounte Murray. But Lonnie Walker is doing different things. He is now attacking the basket because he has the ball in his hand to do that. Right. In over the when Derek White was out there, essentially what they were regulating or relegating him to do, by the way, uh, Lonnie, is to sit in the corner, catch the ball, and shoot. Okay. They were turning him into Bruce Bowen. <laughs> yeah. They were turning him into that, and yeah. that's not his play. He is a more athletic player. Mm-hmm. He needs to attack the bucket. And that's what he's been doing that's the past doing. couple of days because he has the ability. He has the rock in his hands. He's getting the ball at the top of the key. He can do something now. He's he's at the wings. He can do something. And uh, they're setting him up for success, which is going to be kind of weird because if he was out the door, uh-huh. would he be averaging 28 uh, minutes per game the last two games? Oh, let me ask you this. So basically what your consensus is, so let me wrap that up. Your consensus is that Lonnie was not utilized properly throughout this season. And now that Derek White is gone, he's now being used in the way that he should be being used. And we're experimenting right now to see how that's going to lead throughout the rest of the season. Is that what we're doing right now? Yes. And the same thing with with Devin Vassell as well, because he is a starter. Because Devin Vassell has a higher ceiling than a Derek White. And honestly, I'm a big big fanboy of Devin Vassell. I think Devin Vassell has the second highest ceiling on this first roster. People would think that uh, uh, it's going to be Keldon, but I really like the fact that Devin Vassell is out there. I've been a big fan. And again, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN. Gary, I know that you're there. We're going to get you at at the next uh, segment. Um, I struggle mentally um, with, you know, the, the, order that you go in like i know number one is Dejounte, the best yeah. player on the team i think yakaperto is underrated he's my personal number two because i love his consistency and number three i struggle whether that's Keldon or devin vassell so it's, we'll see what happens right uh, and i agree with you to to an extent where you know right now Jakob has had a very very good year and he has stepped it up against elite fives. Yes. Because in yes. past years, he has not done that. Right. He's also been more aggressive in putting the ball in the rim. Yep. As opposed to laying it up there, he's dunking it more often. He's taking it stronger to the bucket. That's great. My thing about it is, is that Jacoperto will never be an elite five. He can be yeah. a very good five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good five. And you know what? He can be a serviceable for a for a contending team. So nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I'm fine with him being out there. But I'm looking at what is the high side. Right. What, what is what oh, can we see? Really? Because uh-huh. we've seen DeJounte Murray this year take that big leap. Yeah. And I knew that he had a leap in him, but I didn't think it was going to be flirting with a triple-double every single game type of leap. <laughs> okay. No, he earned that too. He's an all-star, you know, averaging 20 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds, leading the league in steals with 2.1. The dude is a stud. Okay. I never thought he could have that leap. But the question is, of the other Spurs, yes. 
who has the highest ceiling to that, get that type of leap? Okay, that makes sense to me now because when I look at my that so my order that I just said was more so for like who I trust with consistency. Like right now. Right, right now. But with like ceiling wise, you're right, it could be Devin Vassell. He definitely has that I think he has that it look. He he has it. That's what I think. I'm trying to go back in time to, you know, of these players, you know, uh, whether it be Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, or, or Josh Primo, which one of those guys is going to get you there to the highest point? Now, with Josh Primo, you have the ability to say, and he's 19 years old, and he is not afraid yeah. to shoot the ball. He's not afraid to fail. Right. Which is which is a trait that is 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 very difficult to teach. Devin Vassell is a great two-way player. I see Devin Vassell as, you know, what is his ceiling? A mini Kawhi? I'm not going to say that he's going to be a top five player like Kawhi was when he was healthy. But can he be 80% of what Kawhi Leonard was because he able, he's able to bring it on both sides? Right. Keldon Johnson, we've seen him turn into a deadly three-point shooter. And he's able to learn more and more. The Spurs have a second star in the stable right now. I just don't know which one it's going to be first. Mm-hmm. No, um, I I think it would probably be Vassell first, just based off you know what year they're in. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I would say Vassell over Primo, um, Keldon. That see, that's the part where I get confused. That's why I'm so confused because I'm like Keldon. I feel like he should have been a lot more consistent this season, even though I think he's been playing great this season, especially from the three point line. He can shoot from every angle at the arc. That's what I like about Kelton. But is he somebody that can be reliable, consistent every single game? Is he maxed out at this point with his potential? Probably not. I think I'd give it about one or two more years to see what his true potential is. Vassell, I think he could reach his peak at a faster rate. And I think his peak could possibly take it just a little bit further. But I do also think, too, Kelton does have potential to have a very high peak. And the Spurs have a lot of draft capital right now. Got three first round draft picks Lots. this year. Have two in twenty five. We have the Bulls in twenty twenty five. We have the Raptors and Celtics this year. Again, we're going to cheer against the Raptors. We're going to cheer against the Celtics because we need that draft capital to be worth more. When we come back, we're going to hear from the fans. Gary's on line one. We'll talk to him when we come back. On top of that, we're going to read some of the best comments on Facebook and YouTube. You can also reach out to us. This is your time to shine, baby. 656 ESPN. You want to talk about what we've talked about today with the Spurs, the Derek White trade. If you want to talk about should Lonnie Walker be get, get a second look? Should we look at bringing him back? More to talk about. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Join up the game plan for the second half of the day. It's halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 1033 FM. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 1033 FM, on the go at sasportstar.com. We're live right now on Facebook and on YouTube. Search San Antonio Sports Star, like and subscribe. Leave some comments. Take a look at me. Take a look at Pledge. Take a look at CT, Carolina Teague in the house. Hey, what up? So here's the thing. We've had a lot of things that we've talked about. We've talked about the Spurs. We've had a lot of Derek White slander. I'm being accused of that right now on Facebook Live that I am slandering Derek White. (laughs) I am not. You are not. But but by the way, I took a look at his stats. 
Uh, he was a 30% three-point shooter with the Spurs this year. He's shooting 29.5% now as a Celtic. Some things never change. But this is time for the listeners. This is time for the people who follow us on Facebook and YouTube, some of the best comments of today. Gary wants to reach out, talk about the halftime show. He has somebody that he wants to see next year. Who is that, Gary? I would like to see Outkast. I know they're not they're not doing music together anymore, but they are both still alive and have quite mm-hmm. a few great hits. That would be a heck of a show to yep. see for halftime. I agree. Um, I agree with you, Gary, because I feel like when it comes to the South and Southern music, a lot of Southern rappers and artists from back in the day, they tend to fall you know, to the side a little bit. And they're a lot more underrated than the West Coast rappers and the East Coast rappers at the time. I feel like the South has something to prove in my outcast voice. And I think it would be a great uh, performance. They have a ton of hits. And I think the South has something to say for halftime. Now, unfortunately for outcast, uh, big boy performed in the halftime show a couple of years ago. So, you know, Andre 3000, big boy, I love Outkast. Yeah. By the way, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say that I'm like the biggest fan, but there's a lot uh, from the Love Below album. I mean, fantastic. Uh huh. Aliens. Yes. That, yeah, that's, that that's too. great too. Uh-huh. Rose, that Rosa Parks song. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's good times, but he was out there. But it was so sad because a couple of years ago, Maroon Five took the stage <laughs> in Atlanta. Out of all that all music all, in Atlanta, yeah. yeah, Maroon Five. Maroon Five. Can you believe really? that? Really? Songs about Jane, Mar- Mar- <laughs> Maroon 5, was out there performing. Uh, no. No. Yeah. But I'm taking a look right now at uh, Arizona Central, which is basically Phoenix's newspaper, and they're talking about who they want to see, who their contenders are. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they brought out Rihanna. Yes. That's one of the we ones got- they want to see. I cannot believe that we've yet to see a Taylor Swift halftime show. I I wouldn't watch it. You wouldn't watch it? No, I wouldn't. What about, they're also asking, what about Drake? Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I'd like to see Drake. And uh, I'd like to see a country artist, too. Like, I like country music. Why don't they ever, when uh, is a country music artist going to be? Because it gets boring, <laughs> You man. think so? I like country music. The, now, back in the day when you had a Shania Twain or a Garth Brooks, yeah. you know, that type of country, which is universal. Right. Because... I mean, because that became pop. Man, mm-hmm. people do not know who are young right now, who are in their early 20s. They do not know how big Shania and Garth Brooks was mm-hmm. and how big it was when Taylor Swift first came out or, uh, you know, all of that stuff. I've seen George Strait in concert. I love me some George Strait. Right. Okay. George Strait, when my wife and I are driving, that's on a lot. But watching a show of his is... You want to take a nap? I did take a nap. <laughs> And that is not George Strait slander, okay? It's just he's a crooner. He needs to be in a in a theater. Seeing him at a stadium is a little bit rough, man. It's just not his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's not entertaining. It's you know it, it's nostalgic. It's just not that's just not it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you take a look at like a, a show like Garth Brooks. I've seen Tim McGraw in concert. He's amazing. Uh, but they're energetic. They're out there interacting with fans. They're 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 moving around. But, uh, you know, Rocky Casillas reaches out on, on YouTube and says those H-E-B commercials with, uh, with um, George Strait are pretty good. They are. They are. But a country, I mean, who would you want as the country halftime show? I don't know. You know what? I, I like, well, I guess, 
I'm too. I'm from Texas. I say Randy Rogers. You know, Randy Rogers will give me up out of my seat, but not everybody doesn't but know no Randy Rogers. No nobody one knows, knows Randy Rogers. No one outside of Helotus knows who Randy Rogers <laughs> is. Okay, no I one outside of. I changed my mind. Maybe, maybe country is not the genre because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I like Randy Rogers, but nobody else does outside of Texas. Like nobody. It's a regional thing. <laughs> it's a regional thing. Like cultish. I'm like a cult randy rogers follower i mean i remember when creed played at at uh at jerry world it was so bad <laughs> it was so bad but man you know it's it's funny they're running out of artists because unless they're yeah. gonna get taylor swift out there who again i know you said that you wouldn't be excited about that but no, there's a there's a universal appeal to taylor swift there's a universal appeal towards towards uh uh well what about gwen stefani She's universal. She's cool. That's, she has hits for days. That is not a bad choice right there. Didn't I, she do one with Beyonce? Uh, you know did what? Did she? I thought she did one. Oh, Lord. See, we, see there's nobody left. If, if Gwen Stefani performed with Beyonce, there's literally nobody left. I like Gwen Stefani. She's dope. I love her. Oh, she is amazing. I've seen her in concert. Or was it the one in Dallas with the Black Eyed Peas she did? But she, did, I mean, it, it wasn't like she was the 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 main chorus. No. Have the Black Eyes Pe Black Eyed Peas performed already? They have, but oh. it's also not 2008. Also, so <laughs> oh yeah, you know. 2000 late. <laughs> yeah, 2000 late for sure. It's 2008. Yes, perfect. You know, so uh, yeah, I were I think Rihanna is is the perfect choice. Uh, I think Drake would have, be interesting. Have, have you ever seen Rihanna live? I have. She cannot throw a lot. I love Rihanna to death. That's my girl. I'm wearing Fenty Beauty on my face right now. I'm wearing Fenty Lip. But, and her music is amazing. But when she performs live, it's not the best. I'm just going to be straight up how, with you. How about this? Dua Lipa with Haley Williams from Paramore. Oh, that would be great. I mean, because be Haley Williams will, will oftentimes sing Dua Lipa songs. Mm -hmm. you, you're kind of on the track that I want to go on. You want to go with Halsey and MGK? I, I was actually going to suggest Paramore. Uh-huh. Because Haley Williams, Paramore, you could bring in some of the newer artists like Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Yeah, yeah. On top of that, if you brought in like an MGK, Blink 182, like a tribute to punk pop, they need both to do that. old and, then, yeah. and, and new. Finish with Avril. And finish with Avril because she's hot. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, we, Lord. Man. Why you got to go and make things so complicated? <laughs> exactly. We, we have, that would be great. We have figured this out. I also want to have one of new, of new Jack Swing. I would love to see a new edition slash Bell Biv DeVoe slash Bobby Brown slash Johnny Gill because, you know, again, I mean, they were, they were great as a group. They were also great individually. A little bit of a throwback. What about Janet Jackson getting a do-over? That would be <laughs> dope. Only Justin Timberlake. Said. Yeah, no Justin Timberlake. Oh, no, no. He's got to be there. Yeah. If no, we're doing the do-over, oh. we need the whole thing. Yes. We're going to have you naked by the I end of this song. Yeah, I don't want him to rip off anything accidentally, keep him away from her. Just have Janet by herself, at least maybe with somebody else, maybe with Beyonce or something like that. Have Janet do a do-over. I feel like she's she deserves a do-over. Because after that halftime incident, for the rest of her life, she was blackballed, allegedly. <laughs> I don't buy any of it. That was all staged and choreographed, <laughs> man. That, that's just basically what it is. Uh, we have some comments out here. Uh, Luis Alberto Arizaga, my bad, uh, talking that says, that lineup came half a season too late, Mike. 
talking about the fact that people accused me of being a flip-flopper when it came to the Spurs because I wanted this lineup of Vassell, of DeJounte Murray, of McBuckets, of Keldon Johnson, and Yaka Pertl. Again, they're saying, yeah, that's all great and all, but that came half a season too late. And to that be is fair, straight. he's right, because as you were talking with Quinn about the bubble and the Phoenix Suns, there's a stark difference between what the Suns did and what the Spurs did. The Spurs continued to try and force vets. The Suns added one Chris Paul and let their young guys run free the rest of the way. I don't think yes. that they try to force vets. And the oh, reason what are you talking well, about? No, no, well, I mean, just because based off the information that I got from Thad Young and and his team or the sources that I had, they spoke to me. They said that when he arrived back from Team USA Basketball, he was told directly that they wanted to revive the youth and focus more on the youth, and that's why he didn't have any minutes. So The, the Spurs, for many, many years, just trotted out there Bryn Forbes, even though he couldn't play defense. Did that this year. They they relied too much on Patty Mills, who I still love and I think would have been a great player, but they, they, they had to move on from him. Yeah. You know, Derek White. There's there, uh, there's a lot of players out there that have lower ceilings that they've been bringing out there for many, many years. And Chris Gonzalez, which is out on Facebook, he's, uh, I guess, sticking up for me here. He says, you have the right to change a decision because you have new information. Truth. You do, but then you, people online, and that's what I said I'm concerned about. You have the right, people have the right to call you a flip-flopper. <laughs> that's is, what people are doing. It is not flip-flopping. It is just using the information you have at your disposal at the time. Because you don't want to be that old guy that's scared of computers because you never learn. As you evolve, your takes evolve. You evolve as a person. You evolve your takes. You evolve everything about yourself because you have to continue to grow as a person. Ronald Schmidt. That was great. You're like Zordon from Power Rangers behind the glass. Ronald, that was perfect. Ronald Schmidtka reaches out and basically says, I'm combining some of his thoughts, saying that I am a flip-flopper but that I have to have faith in the Spurs and the front office at all times and always want them to win. The fact of the matter is is that they've never had a trade deadline just like this. They've never had the ability to go out and get two first-rounders and get some young players and go out there and get other second-rounders. They've never done this before, so why would I expect them to do that? The Spurs have done everything that I've ever wanted. If I jotted down my top ten Things that I want the Spurs to accomplish this year, they've done all 10. So that's why I'm changing kind of my attitude. If they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. This It's not about this year. It's about future years. It's about this offseason. What are they going to do with the new cap space that they've got? What are they going to do with these three first-round draft picks? Are they going to maybe package them, trade up? Are they going to try to go after uh, a different player, Carl uh, Anthony Towns? Are they going to go after a Zach Levine? It's kind of interesting because imagine next year, Carolina, imagine next year a Spurs starting lineup with Cat, uh, maybe Pirtle, maybe they do a Twin Tower type of thing, along with Keldon, Vassell, and DeJounte Murray. I'm sorry, but that team is scary. Yeah. You know, or you add a yeah, Zach Levine out there and, and you move uh, Vassell to three, or maybe you flip-flop, maybe, maybe you package one of your young guys. That's the exciting part about what the Spurs have is that now the Spurs have options. Options. And Boteo Franklin uh, basically says, yeah, we did rob them. He says, we, we robbed the Boston Celtics. Derek White was a 29th pick, and we received two lottery picks and a draft pick out of it. Or two lottery players and a draft pick because the Spurs got Romeo Langford and got Josh Richardson out of the deal. I do like the moves that the Spurs made 
during the trade. All the picks that they got, all the capital that they freed up. I thought everything that they did was pretty pretty good. Yeah, Rocky reaches out on YouTube and says, DeAndre Ayton, well, the Spurs have the draft capital. The Spurs have, I mean, package two first and Jakob for it. Let's make this happen. It's very, very possible. But, man, we have one more segment to go. Tuesdays with Teague. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are still open at 656-ESPN. Again, that is 656-ESPN. Don't be shy. Give us a call. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Hey, guys, it's Rudy J. Your home for sports talk is right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Upload a photo of what's on your grill and enter a description and recipe at sasportstar.com and you can win a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. Again, a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. Winner chosen every Thursday at 6 on The Blitz. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. You know, the ratings are out for Super Bowl 56. 112 million people watched, which is higher than last year. Last year was around 98 million. So, uh, you know, football's back, baby. You know, those bad ratings, they bounced back up. And I found it interesting that nearly 2 million people watched it in Spanish on Telemundo. Wow. Period. I know. Ratings people, are up. All these people saying, oh, it's going to be bad ratings, man. No, Who wants to watch the Bengals? No one cheers for the Rams. <laughs> I'm like, man. Everybody. Super Bowl Sunday is a holiday. It's a holiday. I was just, it was a pinch pokey, owe me a Coke. Yeah. You we and you are on the same wavelength. Super Bowl is a holiday. It could be next year. Arizona Cardinals and Jacksonville Jaguars. 100 million people will watch. It should be a federal holiday. We That's all deserve the day off after Super Bowl. The, the next day. Yeah, right. we or, do. Or move it to a Saturday or something. You know, I so like that... the Sundays, but I think we all deserve, as a collective, we deserve to party. We deserve to eat all the wings that we want to. The next day... We should all be able to take off. Kind of like how Thanksgiving's a holiday, but everyone right. gets off on Friday, too. Correct. Just so, like that. So that is Perfect. the voice of Carolina Teague, CT. It's always Tuesdays with Teague. Now, one of the things that was kind of interesting was uh, over the weekend going through Twitter and Instagram and seeing some throwback photos that you that you posted. They're not throwback, but they look throwback. Right. So they're image shots that we used to take back in the day at school. And I wanted uh, to take them over again because I was using it to promote this show, Halftime. And I feel like it's pop sports, pop, pop culture, sports, and nostalgia. And what is more nostalgic than taking image shot photos like you did from back in the day? And then you would take the pictures and you give them to all your friends. And if you didn't get a picture from one of your friends, you kind of felt like, are you really my friend? Because you're not <laughs> giving me a picture. So now I have the image shots. And if you guys follow me on Twitter at Carolina Teague underscore and you guys send DM me your address, I will give you one of my image shot pics. I'm mailing them out this weekend. So wanted to say that. What was the name of the company that would do those photos back in the day? Image shots. Was it image shots? It was there, called image shots. There yep. was another one out there that glamour, there, shots. glamour shots. Glamour shots. Glamour That's shots. what it was. Yeah. So back in the day, I'm so ashamed to admit this, but it probably says a lot about me. Me and a few of my guy friends out there, we went and did glamour shots. <laughs> we were in our we were in khaki pants with dress shirts. Mm-hmm. Along with our softball hats, because we played men's league baseball while we were in high school. 
And we all got together. We had our baseball bats in front of us, and we posed with the baseball bats. It's so bad. And oh, everyone, my God. You have to bring it. I got to find it. I, I see it from time to time when I'm, like, moving things around in the garage. Yeah. You know, I see that photo, and I'm both smiling and mortified. Wow. Post it for to promote halftime for really? next Tuesdays with Team. Find that old photo of your glamour shot. Well, at the very least, what I can do is provide a photo of my high school yearbook. Or maybe some prom photos or something like that. Because that's the throwback right there, is to go back in time and see those photos. I was basically dressed as though I was the sixth member of Boys to Men when I was in high school. <laughs> I would wear like my denim, my denim shirt with um, you know, with with you know, these pants with a tie. Uh oh my god, I cannot believe I used to wear that. What were you like in high school? What did you wear? In high school, I was pregnant. I was a teen mom. So like, I just wore maternity clothes. And also I was um, in high school and I remember I would wear a lot of high waters. Like I just had no style. I was such a loser. I had no style. Um, I wore hand-me-downs. My mom would buy stuff at the garage sale and she'd give it to me and I just like wore whatever. So like I was probably like on the worst dress list. Like my style <laughs> was so bad. And it wasn't until I got pregnant that's when I started to have my style. So that was my high school experience. Just a whole it was just a, a mess. It was a mess. Yeah, go back my in, high school was a mess. When we go back in time, it's a little bit weird. But here's the thing, my haircut has been the same since I was in eighth grade. Like, it's the same. <laughs> I'll have a one and a half, blended up, you know, mid-ear, square in the back. I've had the same haircut since then. But, man. Some things never change. I am pretty excited about tomorrow. So, Tuesdays with Teague is a thing. But Wednesday, it's all about the movie reviews. And people love them. People hate them. People love to hate them. And tomorrow, this is a, typically I go by a poll. Put on Twitter, what do you want me to watch? And Bloodsport was the winner. But Joe Ryan Nagel has stepped in. Our buddy here at San Antonio Sports Star has jumped in to say that he has a special request. And he wants to join me and Rudy J tomorrow as I review An Officer and a Gentleman starring Richard Gere. Oh, wow. Well, that's a good actor. And Rudy's really like watching it. Truman Show, right? And Rudy is supposed to watch Truman Show on HBO Max, which, by the way, I watched this morning at 6 a.m. It's one of my favorite movies I can watch that like crazy. Don't know if you like the Truman Show. I like it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. But uh, speaking of Joe and Joe Reinagle, today he and Jason Minix will be at the Boardroom Salon on 1604 and I-10 from 4 to 7. That's where they're broadcasting the Blitz. It's next to the Velvet Taco right in front of the Andretti's carts and Mm -hmm. near the Top Golf. Again, that's the Boardroom Salon on 1604 and I-10 from 4 to 7. Minix, Reinagle, The Blitz. Carolina Teague, thank you for being with me today. I hope you had a good time. Thank you. I always have a good time with you guys. It's Tuesdays with Teague, so make sure you guys tune in next Tuesday because your girl will be back. And I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for the gifts. And next Tuesday, if anyone's bringing her gifts, bring me and Pleasure Food. Again, we like number one with cheese. <laughs> you guys are piggybacking on my gifts? This is Halftime on Nuggets. San Antonio Sports Star.